This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. We are being caught in a vicious, often murderous cycle. Indeed, with alarming regularity, the nation is being subjected to a heartbreaking spate of violence that terrorizes the populace, fractures communities, and gives the government greater justifications to crack down, lock down, and institute even more authoritarian policies for the so-called sake of national security without many objections from the citizenry. Mass shootings have taken place in schools, on college campuses, movie theaters, nightclubs, grocery stores, concert venues, bars, workplaces, churches, on military bases, and in government offices. In almost every instance, the shooters were dressed in military-style gear and armed with military-style weapons. Take the latest shooting that took place in Uvalde, Texas, when 18-year-old Salvador Ramos, wearing body armor and carrying a rifle, walked into Robb Elementary School and opened fire, leaving at least 19 children and two teachers dead. This shooting took place 10 days after another 18-year-old man, heavily armed and wearing tactical gear, including a tactical helmet and plated armor, opened fire in a grocery store in Buffalo, New York, killing 10 people. In 2018, a 19-year-old former student armed with a gas mask, smoke grenades, magazines of ammunition, and an AR-15-style semi-automatic rifle opened fire on students and teachers at Majori Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, leaving 17 people dead. Ten years ago, 20-year-old Adam Lanza, wearing body armor and black clothing and armed with military-style weapons, opened fire on students and teachers at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown, Connecticut, leaving 26 dead. Prior to the shooting, Lanza reportedly spent his day, and I'm quoting here from an article, playing violent video games amid posters showcasing military equipment, unquote. According to an FBI report issued the day before the Ovalde shooting, these kinds of active shooter attacks have doubled in recent years. As expected in the wake of such tragedies, there has been a vocal outcry for enacting more strident gun control measures, more mental health checks, and heightened security measures. Yet surely there's more to these shootings than just easy access to weapons and mental illness. Ask yourself, why do these mass shootings keep happening? Who are these shooters modeling themselves after? Where are they fighting the inspiration for their weaponry and tactics? Whose stance and techniques are they mirroring? When you start to connect the dots, they lead back to the American police state and the war-drenched, violence-imbued, profit-driven military-industrial complex, both of which continue to dominate, dictate, and shape almost every aspect of our lives. The United States is the number one consumer, exporter, and perpetrator of violence and violent weapons in the world. Violence has become America's calling card. We are a military culture engaged in continuous warfare. We have been a nation at war for the most of our existence. We are a nation that makes a living from killing through defense contracts, weapons manufacturing, and endless wars. We are being fed a steady diet of violence through our entertainment, news, sports, and politics. It's estimated that the U.S. military intelligence agencies, including the NSA, have influenced over 1,800 movies and TV shows. 
Then there's the growing number of violent video games, a number of which are engineered by or created for the military as recruitment tools, which have accustomed players to interactive war play through military simulations and first-person shooter scenarios. As Esther Zapata writes for the Washington Post, and again I'm quoting here, violent video games alone do not cause people to go off the rails, arm themselves, or open fire on innocent people in public places. But there's also no question that there is something wrong with a multi-billion dollar video game industry that sells to young men the ability to virtually assassinate a foe as an escape from real life, unquote. The media, eager to score higher ratings, has been equally complicit in making real war more palatable to the public by packaging it as TV-friendly. The military has also been firmly entrenched in the nation's sport spectacles, having co-opted football, basketball, even NASCAR, tying the symbols of sports with the symbols of war. This is how you acclimate a population to war. This is how you cultivate loyalty to a war machine. This is how you sustain the nation's appetite for war. You want to stop gun violence? Stop the worship of violence that permeates our culture. Stop treating guns and war as entertainment fodder in movies, music, video games, toys, amusement parks, reality TV, sports, and more. Stop distributing weapons of war, weapons that have no business being anywhere but on a battlefield to the local police in our country and transforming police into extensions of the military. Stop exposing young people to the military-industrial complex's pervasive propaganda. Stop falling for the military-industrial complex's psychological war games. Salvador Ramos may have pulled the trigger that resulted in the mayhem in Texas, but something else is driving the madness. We've got to do more than react in knee-jerk fashion. Those who want safety at all costs will clamor for more gun control measures, widespread mental health screening of the general population, and greater scrutiny of military veterans, more threat assessments and behavioral censoring warnings, more CCTV cameras with facial recognition capabilities, more See Something, Say Something programs aimed at turning Americans into snitches and spies, more metal detectors and whole-body imaging devices at soft targets, more roaming squads of militarized police empowered to do random bag searches, more fusion centers to centralize and disseminate information to law enforcement agencies, and more surveillance of what Americans say and do, where they go, what they buy, and how they spend their time. Yet, as I point out in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and its fictional counterpart, the Eric Blair Diaries, all these measures play into the government's hands by locking down the nation without doing anything to address the underlying causes of this madness. What we need is a thoughtful, measured, apolitical response to these shootings that takes aim at the violence plaguing our nation by lowering the levels of violence here and abroad, whether it's violence we export to other countries, violence we glorify in entertainment, or violence we revel in when it's leveled at our so-called enemies, politically or otherwise. Our prolonged exposure to the toxic culture of the American police state is deadly, and it can get even deadlier. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. 
Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.